You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight I have the eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing tonight, dude? Oh, it's feeling like a very Gibbles and Bits evening. It is great. It is Monday, which usually means you're not optimistic, but Mondays for me are always a great day. Nah, man, um, Mondays are a good day. I know people that get into Mondays, they don't like them. They don't like them because they don't want to go to work. But for me, Monday's the day that you're refreshed. And if you enjoy your work, you're ready to kill it, right? Like you're ready to get at it on a Monday. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think it's all about like, here's something that I think I've learned how to do better since I've moved into moved to Delaware, since I got married, is one, I've have a lot more one-on-one time, like with my wife, mm. like on the weekend to spend like quality time, which is very refreshing for me. And then I also have learned to go to bed on time. Like that is such an abstract concept when you are single. Like, yep. like you have no, you have no one looking at you sideways. Like, are you coming to bed? Are you going to bed? What, why are you still, what are you still doing up when you live alone? But when you live with somebody, you finally have somebody like holding you accountable for like being responsible. Like don't so, stay up too late. Don't play don't, video games until 2 a.m. Right. And admittedly, I did play some video games with DBN last night. We did play some Pokemon Unite, but it wasn't. Bro, you're already masters. It, what are you playing Unite for? We're continuing to experiment. They're adding new characters, and we're trying to trying to keep our skills up, man. Yeah, the man. new rank yeah. season's almost about to reset. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you. Which, by the way, we've been calling for it forever, and I know there's a per- pe- person or two that has, has expressed interest. But if anybody's looking to learn Pokemon Unite or like get better at it, please DM me because DBN and I are always looking for people to play with. So we're trying to create more than just a two stack. We want we want a team. We got so five. Let get us know. Get that five man going. Get yeah, I need. Man. We need that five. We, we need that sweet five. Two certifiable man. master players here, so yes. uh, who are asking, inviting you to come and join their team. You uh, can be good. You can be bad, but as long as you have fun. Yeah, as long as you're willing to be carried by DBN and Gibby. <laughs> uh, you think Gibby's nice now? Wait until you get into game with him, and he's just he's just like a like a cold hearted tyrant screaming at you across uh, across the microphone. So yep, <laughs> yeah, you you'll learn the true gibbles and bits. <laughs> Uh, well, dude, we had, uh, we had a, a great weekend. It's so funny. You're mentioning like going to bed early and cause that was the case for me. And then COVID-19 happened in 2020, of course. And I started staying up late cause I didn't have to be, I used to get up really early to read and to study and stuff. And I, I was in school, all that sort of stuff. I'm not in school right now. And, uh, and then when 2020 came around, I started standing up late, playing MMOs, playing more video games. Now I have the studio. So, uh, and like, I, like literally I, my wife does not want me to go to bed when she goes. She hates it when I go to bed at the same time as her. She's wow. like, she doesn't want to be talked to. She doesn't want to be touched. She doesn't like when my wife goes to bed, she goes to bed. Like that's yep. it. She's out and, and there's no conversation. There's no pillow talk. There's no, there's nothing. It's just like, she's just done. 
Uh, and so she hates it when I go to bed at the same. So we have not gone to bed. I don't. I feel like our marriage is healthier some days, um, but we haven't <laughs> gone to bed at the same time. So this weekend, I was thinking about that because this weekend we were in Cincinnati together, uh, and we were visiting. Um, so those who don't know on the podcast, I'm a pastor of an online church called Lux and, and Gibby's uh, and Mackenzie are part of that church. Very much so. And uh, TBN is as well. And um, so anyway, so we have a partner in Cincinnati, a church partner in Cincinnati. So Jen and I were out in Cincy this weekend, which was awesome. It was beautiful. And, uh, well, by beautiful, I mean, it was like 15 degrees and freezing cold, but we got to go around and I got to visit a couple of board game shops in Cincy, which was awesome. Um, yeah, I got some, uh, new star Wars Legion stuff. Uh, and, uh, I got, uh, the new Lord of the Rings journeys of middle earth board game expansion called spreading war, which was super hard to find. And I, Fantastic. Found it out there, which was really cool. But, uh, it was just funny because I was like, I was like playing games on my phone this weekend because I brought my switch with me and it was dead before I ever arrived and I forgot the charger. And so I was playing games on my phone because she would go to bed, but like, you're not allowed in the bed. Like you need to go sit on the hotel couch for like 45 minutes at least before. I need to be dead asleep before you're allowed to <laughs> you be get in bed. Kicked, you get kicked out of your own yeah, bed just because she like, didn't want to go to the bed at the same time. Yeah, as you. yeah. So I would, I would like, so that was like, I was like gaming. I was playing uh, TFT and Slay the Spire a decent amount this weekend. Uh, and, and actually, to be honest, half the time I uh, I, I downloaded the D and D Beyond app, and I was just like digging through D and D books uh, and reading up on D and D stuff throughout the weekend. But yeah, it just made me think of that because it at eight years of marriage. Uh, I'm maybe less responsible with my bedtime now. Uh, what what a blessing the Lord has given thee to allow to be game at nighttime <laughs> while while thy wife sleeps. Yeah, there's sometimes soundly. my wife's like, I'm watching The Crown for the third time, so you need to leave and go play video games somewhere. Uh, and you're like, fine by yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, high five, girl, let's go. Uh, yeah, so. You get me, I get you. That's what I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. teamwork right there. Yeah, <laughs> we, you know what? We're watching uh, Boba Fett together right now, mm-hmm. um, and she's not enjoying it, but I love it. So I, I love that we get time together. We watch, you know, we watch whatever the Marvel or Star Wars show is uh, every week together, and usually get one or two nights a week where we're hanging out, and the rest of the time we kind of do our own thing, and it, it works. It works for us, you know. Different yeah, we, seasons. We had to finally go back and watch uh, Spider Man Homecoming because we went and saw No Way Home, mm-hmm. and Mackenzie hadn't seen Homecoming, so there was like a whole lot of context you didn't get. But they yes, do we... build off each other a little more than what you might expect, mm-hmm. uh, especially because uh, Homecoming wasn't my favorite. Um, no Way Home is much yeah. better than Homecoming. No Way, it, very much so. Much, much, much better. better. Uh, one other quick funny marriage story, and then we'll talk about LOR. Um, uh, it, right before our second daughter was born, my wife and I went to Disney together, and we spent uh, the weekend there. And we were there, and we got into our room, and they, they gave us two queens instead of a king. And we got into the room and we looked at each other and we're like, you want to, you want to sleep in separate beds? Cause that sounds pretty awesome actually. Um, and so, and so we each had our own bed and it was like, oh my gosh, there's no kid with us. Like I can spread out. Yeah, I can spread out. There's no one who could tell me otherwise. It was amazing. And so we're like walking out and there was like a newlywed couple on their honeymoon. And, and so they had like their Mickey and Minnie out, you know, ears on that said like newlyweds and they had their honeymoon suite or whatever. And we were walking out behind them and, and, and Jen leans over to me and whispers as we're getting on the elevator, like, should we tell them they'll be back here in seven years sleeping in separate beds? Like, <laughs> just, just treat, no, just act like time travelers and be like, we're you from the future. Yeah, <laughs> and we slept in separate beds. And it's amazing. 
amazing. It's amazing. You'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that was just that was funny. But hey, man, if you, you been... better get good at going to bed. You better get really good at video games. <laughs> so, I I haven't held up my side of the bargain. As it turns out, I'm still not very good at video games. Uh, so have you been playing some <laughs> LOR though? Yeah, I've been in and I've been in and out of the client recently. Um, still pre- trying to keep up with some of my masquerade decks and mm-hmm. um, experimenting a little bit, playing a little bit of rent. I'm always just curious about what's going on with what people are playing, um, and then I slowly but surely end up running into any number of meta decks that I've previously played, no matter what rank I'm at. So it, I usually just end up cycling through. That's kind of the habit I've gotten into now. Is I've got a lot of decks from my collection that I just never got rid of, whether they're classic decks or they're uh, more updated and new from experiment experiments from recent patches, I'll end up just experimenting and playing a game or two or usually a couple games until I lose a game. Okay. And then I'll switch to a new deck and I'll play just a couple games, whatever deck I'm kind of feeling that day. If there's a certain champion that I'm feeling, then I'll, I'll just play some stuff. So, Played some, went back and started playing some classic like Swain stuff. Mm. Uh, I played a Yasuo Swain deck, which it was okay. Played TF Swain. Um, played a little bit of uh, Teemo Swain. So I had a Swain kick for a little bit. Played some Kindred stuff, um, which I'll get to later. But uh, yeah, just yeah, just kind of like cycling through my classic stuff. Kindred you know? Viego has become has come onto the scene. I, I've heard a couple people talking about it, and I was actually looking at a meta report today because I haven't played a lot of meta uh, or been really involved in that. And it's interesting because we actually kind of seeing the resurgence of a couple of decks that haven't seen a ton of play recently um, in both uh, a resurgence of pirate aggro and scouts recently. Um, yep, I've heard. Yep, scouts I've run into several times. Pirate aggro, pirate aggro, I haven't really seen really. I pr- but I'm that's sure not, it not to say it's not popular. Bit, like where on the ladder you are, uh, you know, like those really fast, aggressive Noxian decks typically find uh, specific places in the ladder. And I don't know where you are right now, but uh, in my experience, like they see a lot of work like platin up because it's just, like really fast games. Like yeah, people push out of the I'm lower at, ranks with them early on, and then they sort of where they start getting and running into issues and they get sort of built up is in and around the plat ranks uh, where it's hard. My experiment, yeah. my experimentation, my, my desire for experimentation and my inconsistency of utilizing rank has, has pretty permanently kept me in gold and which I'm okay with. Um, it's just been, it's just been fun just playing a bunch of different decks. I would rather, I would rather make my experience, experience a variety and play a bunch of different decks than be like, okay, I'm going to get to this rank by just playing this one deck because there's nothing, there isn't anything new really out there right now. That's like really piquing my interest so much that I'm like, okay, this is my grind now deck. Yeah. I, I, I typically do get decks that I get attached to with a new set and they kind of become my go-to. And this one Mm -hmm. was. Uh, I really did enjoy Kennen. I really still enjoy Kennen Ezreal. I know it's not the better version. I know that Kennen Ari is way more popular, but Kennen Ezreal I found to be fun and intriguing to play um, mm-hmm. and was probably one of my favorite decks that has come out. Um, and honestly, sort of like the Poros thing ruined that a little bit for me. Like it just, you know, you you, you can get like a distaste in your mouth for stuff. Sure. Um, so it ruined it a little bit for me. And it, But it does seem like Poros are... are 
taken down a notch, at least in the competitive community right now. Probably not so much in casual. I would imagine, I haven't played it. I would imagine the Poros deck is still very popular and fun to play. Yeah, it. I, in I did run into quite a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, like lower ranks and, and more casual players. So, yeah, but you said you've been doing, working on your Masquerade decks. Do you want to, mm -hmm. you want to unpack that a little bit? What is Masquerade? What are Masquerade decks? Why are you building them? Tell us about the league coming up, all that sort of stuff. Why am I building them? What a great question. Let's just go from the top. So, uh, the for anybody who's unaware, we are having our Legends Cast Discord League signups going on Season right now. And I'm six, right? Season six. Season I believe six. either five or five or six. I can never remember. We talk about this every episode because we can never remember. But it's season six. We're we're doing our Legends Cast Discord League signups are going on right now. I believe they close either this week at the end, maybe the, I think this upcoming weekend actually is by the time they close. So if you haven't yeah. filled it out, go to our League General. Actually, it's our League Signups channel um, within our Discord and go and sign up and play. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be very low pressure, very friendly environment. You'll meet a lot of new players that way. You'll get some good challenge in, and we are doing this season in a masquerade format. Masquerade being uh, that you have to comprise all of your decks of two different regions. I guess you can do a mono if you wanted to, I think. I don't know if we're allowing that, but typically all of your decks are going to have two regions. One of them is going to be one of your regions is going to be all of your champions and followers. And then the other region has to consist of all of your spells and landmarks. So you have to comprise your decks of two factions and split them accordingly. This is going to be operating in the in-game best of three client. So when you uh, sign up for the league, you'll find out your pairings when we start the, the Discord League. It's a double elimination format. And um, once we start the league and you get paired with somebody, you'll arrange a time to meet them in the in-game client. Mm -hmm. You you'll queue up your three decks. You have a each, week you to do make that happen. You have like one week right. to set up that meeting and everything. Yep, you and your you and your opponent will each queue up your three decks whenever you guys decide to, to play. And uh, you'll each ban one of your opponent's decks and then um, play the other two that didn't get banned in, in a best of three format and report the score. And it'll, it'll kind of operate like that. Um, it's going to be really fun. I've had a lot of uh, good experimentation and just really good time. I think this format might be one of the most interesting we've ever done. It's mm -hmm. it's not so crazy that you can't make a pretty optimized deck, but it's also not so bland that you can't that you, that you can just play meta stuff. Like it, it really makes you think outside the box. So I've had a lot of fun creating the creating these decks. Um, I had about four or five built by the time we talked about it last time and i've added a couple to it uh there one deck that i will highlight that i won't be running even though it is pretty fun is uh built a zillion talia deck that runs a bunch of um landmarks i i thought landmarks were going to be the coolest format mm. Uh, we're going to be really, really, not I want to say easy to do, but they were going to be viable because there's very consolidated regions that run landmarks. Yeah. This proves to be a bigger challenge than I thought it was going to be. But Zillion constantly making... Uh, time bombs. Uh, time bombs in your deck and you trying to pull them out with time tricks and things like that because Zillion's technically Shirima, so you can use a lot of the P and Z uh, spells to try to pull them yeah. out. Um and you trying to get like Kahiri's off at the top end. That's essentially what I tried to, to do. Play... Wait, is that yeah? So you wouldn't be able to play any Sharima landmarks. 
Correct. So you would not be P able to play and Z landmarks and spells in a deck that wants to run landmarks because it's running Sharima. That would be very challenging. Yeah. So P and Z landmarks Are or P and Z uh, followers. Well, I mean, but you still have rock hoppers and things like that. There are you still have bomber twins that can make some landmarks. That's true. That's so you, true. You do have some like uh, creatures, like some allies in in Sharima that do generate yeah. landmarks. Endless devout. Endless Devout that on last breath creates the sarcophagus, the countdown two that creates a five three with fearsome. Oh yeah. Okay, so you, that's a newer one, sure. Yep. Yeah, I mean you can copy that to get two five threes with Talia. Like it's it's very doable. There's definitely landmarks to be found there. Um, but I made that deck and also made a different kind of landmark deck that I was hoping was also gonna be viable. And it's fun as all get out, but it's not necessarily uh, the most viable, but it, it was a little bit more of an aggressive version with uh, with Ziggs and more of the landmarks and trying to uh, to get off uh, a bunch of landmarks to be able to use like uh, ground slams with uh, with Targon spells. Okay. okay. Herald Herald of the Magus to give everything all of your champions plus two plus two and overwhelm closeout games like that. So that deck is really fun. Might play it, might not. Using Rockfall Path to be able to advance, um, advance that with some of the the Sharima units to be able to kill things on command. So yeah, it's, so just some just some cool landmark stuff. I'm finding it harder and harder without going into the elusive package to play aggro things. Yeah, so, that like, would make sense. It would be to not, yeah. I mean, you could trying play to find creative up, ways like, to do it. Angry Noxians. That's like all creatures, probably. But even that yeah. might not be. Like, there's so many Noxian burn spells that give that deck reach. Um, mm -hmm. And outside of PNZ, there's not many other regions that have. It's really almost no region that has any reach in it. Um, you know, because I I was working on like that is like it was my immediate thought was like bunch of aggressive Noxian cards, P and Z reach. Um, but it, it's amazing how important a couple of the Noxian spells actually are between Decimate and Noxian Fervor to actually get the reach that you need to end games, which, you know, granted, maybe against other decks in this format will be easier to end games than yeah. I think, you know, than you think, but... So sign up for the league, guys. Uh, we'd love for you to join us in Discord. Sign up for the league. If you join the Discord and you can't find league signups, it's because you don't have the Discord league uh, competitor tag or whatever. Um, and you get that by going to uh, Reaction Rules. So go to Reaction Rules in Discord. The one at the very top of Reaction Rules is Discord League member. Grab that. That'll open up all of the channels, uh, including league signups for you. Uh, you can sign up for the league there and get ready. There is a prize pool, so... I believe the winner uh, of season six will get a $50 gift card to either Google Play or iTunes. Um, and with that, they'll also get a piece of Legends Cast merch, which we haven't been given away recently, but it'll be a t-shirt, um, a Legends Cast t-shirt, as long as we have a size that'll fit. Um, and then an interview on the show. So you'll come on the show second place. Uh, I think typically gets $30. I think it's $30 uh, in iTunes or Google Play. Um, and sometimes we get to pass a piece of merch on a second place. Not always. Um, third place is 20 bucks and, uh, fourth place is 10. So it's completely and free fifth to place enter. is a crisp high five. Crisp, 
crisp um, as long as you live Good. close enough. Otherwise, it's a digital disappointing. A digital high healthy high five. Yeah, uh, healthy digital high five. Yeah. So uh, get get signed up though, um, because it doesn't cost you anything. Um, other than some time to put decks together and come play some LOR. And then uh, you get a chance to compete and win. And, and if you lose, guys, I've lost every, if, except for the first season. I've played in all six seasons. I'm out almost first every season of, of the Discord League. Like, the first season, I'm not saying Stag Sheep is a very good player, and he's he's performed great in future leagues. But, like, the competition has gotten tense. Like, there's been some very good players in the league so don't feel bad if you're like, I'm just getting, I'm new to it. I don't have a big collection. I'll just jump in, just jump in. It's a lot of fun. And one of the funnest things is you get to meet new members of the community because a lot of times you'll get messaging back and forth. You'll jump in a call um, with the person who you're playing against. And it kind of, it reminds you a lot of if you, you know, played MTG or Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! If like, you know, hanging out with your buddy or, or whatever yeah. or uh, and, and sitting around the table and, and you know, pulling out a deck of cards and playing some games. And so, yeah, there, uh, there are good. people that I've, I played in early seasons on a couple seasons ago in legends cast discord league that I now talk to every week, yeah. um, play, play games with outside of LOR every, every week, talk to probably like every other day, shout out to my boy may hammock. Uh, uh-huh. and, and like we, it's a great way to, to meet people, make friends and continue to the grow of the community and keep yourself involved and then keep you involved. And just like you, you just grow your friend pool, Absolutely. which we all, we all need. Uh, before we jump in, uh, uh, Gibby has picked a deck name game winner this week. Um, I also just want to give you guys a heads up. You really want to tune in um, over the next few weeks. Uh, throughout the month of February, we're going to be making some pretty big announcements uh, about the future of Legends Cast and what that's going to look like. Don't worry. The show is not going away because you say we're going to make big announcements about the future of Legends Cast. People are like, oh, they're done. They're done. Um, uh, we're not done. In fact, we're going to be doing some new things and we have some new projects on the horizon. We actually started talking about these things all the way back in August. We switched up a bunch of stuff with season three for Legends Cast, including adding the mulligan in, um, uh, alternating uh, episodes with the mulligan, uh, doing all kinds of new stuff, experimenting to see where our community was. We've received a lot of positive feedbacks about season three and what we've been doing in this show. We really feel like we've built a bit of a community and a little bit of a family um, with sort of the core of our listener base. And uh, and so we're going to be doing some new stuff and we're going to be making some announcements about that new stuff um, uh, over the... I, I don't want to give more than that away yet, but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be announcing what the future of Legends cast looks like. Um, basically, you know, springtime in into the into the infinite future um of what that's going to look like and how that's going to impact the community you might see some changes over in discord before then but um we're going to be making some some moves and we're really actually tell you truth like me dbn and gibby are extremely excited about it like we're super pumped about uh what we see coming next and we think you're going to be too we think that you're going to be excited about it as well so stay tuned for that so buckle up and put on your seatbelt you silly pilgrims because we're bringing you along with us in our discord silly pilgrims (laughs) i (laughs) did i called them silly i've called them silly pilgrims hey hey, pilgrims hey (laughs) get get your seatbelt on the mayflower you you son they probably didn't even they probably didn't even have seatbelts no why would they have seatbelts on a boat bro i don't they could, know they could, they could tie themselves to a barrel i don't know no, get there some were rope. no seatbelts on the 
Welcome to Pride Rock, motherfucker. <laughs> you can't you you can't tell me that someone didn't rope themselves to the crow's nest as they're being the lookout I'm on the sure, Mayflower. You know what? I'm sure somebody on the Mayflower was buckled in. You're you're probably right, you pilgrims. Uh okay. You silly why, pilgrims. Why don't you tell us about the, the let's let's just dive in and go to jump to, <laughs> on that note, deck name game. Force is meaningless without skill. All right, so this week for Deck Name Game, following our silly Pilgrim's comments, uh, we have a pretty interesting and creative uh, addition to uh, to make this week, and from a new listener, might I add. So this is going to go shout out to um, uh, to Damon. He uh, he uh, put in the the Deck Tech channel. If you want to go look at it, um, his deck called. Death and Luck, or was it Luck and Death? I want to make sure I get it right. Death and Luck, which he explained a bit, explained a bit about the deck. It is an Akshan and Kindred deck. We've talked a lot about mm. the evolution of Kindred and how exp- experimentation and the kind of the resurgence of Kindred as he's, uh, as Kindred's recently, she's gotten some buffs from patches recently, uh, making her a little bit more viable, a little, can stay around a little bit longer, but still feels like it struggles to stay alive just because it while it does come down earlier on four now where it previously came down on five it went from a four a five cost four four to a four cost four three yeah. right yeah that, yeah i think that's right um it still struggles to stay alive uh, even at that so 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 damon thought how what is an outside the box way that i can protect kindred Oh, what about with lucky finds? What about with oh, buffs from Akshan? So, so Even Damon the has made a soothsayer in the deck, running a soothsayer, which gives, uh, which would give Kindred a spell shield, right? Exactly. Yeah, so there are other ways, very outside of the box and creative, and it's, it's so, it's not. I don't want to say simple because it's not simple, but it's so prominent in the game. I don't know why I've never thought of this. It's great. While it seems like it might be a little harder to pull off some of the protection than maybe some other things, but well, let's what's just face better it, protection than... has been hard to pull off with Kindred, no matter what you're playing. Like there's right, it's always but why been hard. not? But why not try to put spell shield or give it an HP buff through some of the lucky finds and some of the buffs through that? So playing auction and being able to pull uh, buffs off of the Warlord's Palace and all and and their um, landmarks or being able to play so i'll go through some of the deck here so he's running uh two inner sanctum the landmark that that gives you two two lucky finds i believe i think it's specifically that gives you lucky finds mm-hmm. um got some ravenous butcher and some bakai reaper in here so for some self-kill uh the wings and the wave curse keeper so some some defensive early game but also some self-kill in here soothsayer as you mentioned I uh, just want just the single copy of Soothsayer. No need to over overload it with with that, just because it could be a dead draw in your hand if you don't already have a champion out, sure. Or if your champions already have the spell shield. So I like the one copy of that. Um, but running the one Soothsayer to give your your champions and landmarks uh, spell shield. The Vakaron Vagabond. Three copies of that. The Vakaron uh, Vagabond is uh, not a card that I feel like sees a whole lot of play in, is that, in a, is that the five five for five 
the Vucker. Yes, that that is the the five five for five. That creates a lucky hand on strike, correct? Actually, no. I'm sorry. That's the Vucker on Bruiser. Is the okay, five five okay, for five okay, that okay. creates a lucky find? Yeah, on and hand. that's in there too. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So the Vucker on Vagabond is the when summoned. Uh, when summoned, it uh, either summons a Warlord's Palace or advances the Warlord's Palace by two. Okay. Yep. And that uh, makes sense to be played with Akshan. Yep. And then at the top end for your for your followers. He does have two copies of the Profiteer, Profiteer creating uh, the Lucky Finds and the Valkyron, two copies of the Valkyron Bruiser also creating Lucky Finds on Strike. So multiple ways to pull these buffs out, probably stacking them on Kindred or other units that have quick attack that need them or just ways to play defensively. Uh, two rights of calling to be able to pull in champions mm-hmm. uh, consistently because you've got a lot of early game that's almost like early game fodder that you don't really care about. A glimpse beyond to be able to pull more cards in, some shape stones for protection. You're playing plenty of landmarks, so that's great. The Absolver for some overwhelm. Both Akshan and Kindred have uh, quick attack, so the Absolver is really great in an offensive situation in combat to be able to play that and either give it give Akshan or Kindred overwhelm or even just protection to be able to get that kill off and not die. Black Spear, love it. And then one right of negation is always a a fantastic uh, addition to the deck. So uh, just to, for any any big spells that they try to pull out to wipe your board or kill something important, if you've got the mana right, one right of negation is almost a, a, a safe staple in any uh, non-super aggressive Sharima deck. Yeah. So I think this is a, to me, I haven't played it, so I can't necessarily say, but with Kindred being at four, Akshan being at two, this deck seems to be mid-rangey, I would say. Um, it closes out games probably by turn seven or turn eight by pulling keywords like overwhelm, pulling uh, just uh, more more ways to kill your units, which then Kindred is marking things and now Kindred is growing, playing the Absolver for the overwhelm or just stacking enough lucky finds on things and, and getting spell sheet where they just cannot deal with your board anymore. So... What I, I, what I think is interesting. Creative. What I think is interesting about this deck is, in most kindred decks, right, you're not really ever putting anything on the board that's threatening enough to your opponent that they're actually expending resources to remove stuff, right? And then mm-hmm. when kindred hits, they really have not had to use anything yet. Um, so all of the options are in their hands still. Whatever options their deck was going to provide for them to remove your kindred are still there. With this, Akshan is like, when Akshan hits the board, it is one of the early game champs that you just have to get rid of. You must. You do. Not every early game champ is that way. Akshan is not the most powerful early game champ, but it is the it is the one that you're like, well, I might be able to let a Draven sit around for a couple of rounds and let him create a couple of blades. I'm not going to feel too bad about that. I might let Caitlyn sit around for a round or two. I'm not going to lose too much sleep about that. I might even let MF sit around for a round or two if they're not playing too many scouts. Um, it's not scouts. I, I don't feel too bad about that. Um, you know, eh, yeah, it, they might get some value, but it's not going to be crazy. If Akshan, though, sticks around for a couple of rounds because there's so many buff things around him, he can get really out of hand. And so I really often feel like Akshan is the thing that as a player, you're wanting to make sure that that thing's gone, right? You're wanting to get Akshan removed. And, uh, and I think that's interesting because there's some amount of, of you know, removal and resources that your opponent has that they are going to use up before Kindred hits the board. 
Um, and that in and of itself helps to protect your kindred, not to mention the handful of other things. Give it spell shield, overwhelm, quick attack. Different things here. Uh, wait, does kindred have quick attack? I can never... Kendra already has quick attack. Okay, yeah. Kendra does have quick attack. But some of the other, uh, you know, uh, things that you can get to generate resources to help you protect, I think, is is really cool. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this deck. I think it's a really interesting direction to take Kindred and not one that, I mean, most we see is Kindred Viego, right? That's the that's the deck that's seeing play right now, and uh, and it's basically saying you're gonna remove you're you're gonna use your removal on my Kindred. Because it's threatening enough so I can get my Viego down. And this is well, and flipping that and saying, you're going to use your removal on my Akshan. I can get my Kindred down. Well, and even if they, if you never find Kindred, but you do have an Akshan, something that I just thought about and what makes this deck even, even smarter is the Lucky Finds are all zero-cost spells. So playing a spell... And targeting one of your own units for it also accelerates your warlord's palace still. Sure. I mean, like that—that's a built—that's a built-in synergy within Sharima. But like applying it in this way, with Akshan as an early game, just a super early game threat to get all the lucky finds out, get that warlord's palace out, and and get that keep going, and, and continuing cashing in on that while you they try to deal with that early game threat of just this onslaught. While you get your kindred out and start killing your own stuff, is is great. It's it's very very smart. Sure, and I mean that's without uh, talking about like if Akshan does get leveled up, you can give a permanent plus two plus two in spell shield to all of your kindreds. Um, mm -hmm. Like if, and if I, you I, get that off, like that that's really really good. Like kindred coming down as a like a four mana what six five with spell shield and quick attack. Like that's a that's a dangerous kindred. That's a really that's, right. that's a that's a kindred I'm actually worried about in a game. You know. Well, and who's to say that you don't, if you found that this deck wasn't closing games out early enough, who's to say that you don't throw a copy of um, the seven-cost Shurima unit in here that um, that recalls champions or, or resummons them on board? Like, who? yeah, who's to say that you don't put a couple rekindlers in here or one rekindler in here on the top end just to be able to pull another Kindred out of nowhere sure, or another Auction out of nowhere and keep the energy going? Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, very, yeah. very viable. Pulling if you, if you out, found ever found this deck to be slower, yeah, pulling pulling Kindred out with that is is a, is an obvious, you know, that's a no brainer. Rekindler, honestly, Rekindler over Siphoning Strike should just probably be in this list. <laughs> like, like if I'm looking at it, I'm gonna tweak something. It's like, yeah, I'm probably putting in a copy or two of Rekindler in this list. Uh, just because Rekindler with Kindred is so nasty. Like, if, if where Kindred is best is typically paired with. Rekindler, which is, you know, sometimes a complaint saying that, you know, it's, it's a Rekindler deck, not a Kindred deck, but I, I would disagree. But even if you got, even if you had, even if you had Siphoning Strikes in the deck and one copy of, uh, of Rekindler, I mean, the ally strikes a unit, if it dies, grant ally champions everywhere, plus two, plus two, the Rekindler, after having played a Siphoning Strike that went through, would then pull a, a even stronger Kindred again, because it's everywhere. Sure. So it still keeps the buff. Sure. So sure. even that together might be might be useful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, this is cool. This is a cool. Uh, this is a cool deck. And uh, thank you so much uh, for. Is it Damon or Demon? Damon. Uh, I I pronounce it as Damon because of the the A E in the, in yeah, the name. Yeah. But Damon, thank you very much for for providing this deck and providing me the name of of luck and death, or death and luck. Um, either way, whichever you whichever you prefer. But this deck is awesome. We will be sure to add this deck, this deck code, if you are interested in trying this. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the the publication of the episode when it goes out, 
yep, uh, later on. Yeah, it'll be in show notes or later on this week. Of so. the I, I don't even know what show notes are. Description of the episode. I've been saying Wherever show you notes for like two and a half years. So yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be put in there. So uh, be sure to try, to take this deck code, uh, try it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, let Damon know what you think, and um, keep yep. on keep on experimenting. Yep. Uh, and and Gibby, we're gonna move on to our main segment because you had a great idea for a main segment as well. So let's go ahead and jump onto our main segment. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Okay, guys. Well, tonight, Gibby had a really cool idea for a main segment. It's kind of a retrospective almost, like looking back mm-hmm. um, and uh, and reminiscing a bit uh, about... I mean, we're almost at LOR's two-year anniversary, right? Uh, at least released in the open beta. I'm thinking it was early February. It might have been maybe January that LOR came out in open beta. So it's kind of crazy to think that the game, ha- I have been playing the game in, in varying capacities now for two years, you know. Um, I've been, this has kind of been my only card game. I haven't actually experimented with, nor, I mean, Pokemon has come out with a game. I think, uh, you know, haven't played MTG Arena. I haven't played really anything except LOR card game wise for the past couple of years. So tell us about what your idea was uh, for our main segment. Yeah, I thought it would be cool for both of us just to take a look back and say, okay, over our tenure, and I'm the same way, LOR has really been my card game experience over the past couple of of years. It's been my my main game. Over the past couple of years during our tenure of playing LOR, what elements of LOR because it is a very unique game in uh, some of the the elements that it it brings to the table for things such as spell mana or just the way that the game moves and the interaction between you and your opponent. Some of the methodologies behind it are very unique. So how has this experience of playing LOR over the past couple of years, what have you learned from this game that's made you a better card player? Because this won't be, if I know you and I know me, this won't be the last card game that you and I, yeah, either individually or together, play. This yeah. w- there will there will be a new game, either in in a, in a adjacent to this at the same time or after, if we ever move on from LOR, um, that we decide to play, that we will take some of these these skills that we've learned or some of these. Um, these elements and will bring it with us and will make us a better card player playing other games will be able to apply. I mean, you hear us talk all the time about when we're referencing things in Hearthstone or you guys are referencing things in Elder Scrolls Legends because those games had a previous impact on you and your growth as a card player and have made you have expanded kind of your view of strategy with card games. So I would love to know just each of us to uh, just name a couple things that we think have made us better card players that we've learned from Legends of Runeterra. So I'll kick it off with you, Mark. What is one thing that you think that you've grown on uh, or, or grown as a card player by playing LOR? This, I like, you brought this up literally today, and I've been, I've been contemplating what is it about, because I've gone through seasons hot and cold with LOR, Seasons where I've loved LOR, seasons where I've hated LOR, seasons where I've been really interested in the game, seasons where I've just been like, eh, like, you know, it's a card game. Um, and it's been, 
I think maybe the most interesting thing about LOR for me is um, when I started playing LOR, you know, I had a MacBook Air and my iPhone. And so all of my gaming, for the most part, was done on my iPhone. And since I started playing LOR over the course of this, you know, past year, um, give or take, uh, last two years, you know, I, I've changed jobs. I've had kids, uh, like, you know, um, uh, I've had another kid. I've changed jobs. I went from not owning a streaming computer at all to now owning, you know, a really nice streaming rig where I'm able to play a lot more robust games. And that has all played into, um, the way that I have chosen to interact with LOR over the past, you know, two years. And so as I was reflecting on a lot of that, like what, what really is, you know, LOR to me in this particular season? Um, what have I learned from it? That sort of thing. I think one of the, the key things that I have learned in this more than other card games um, is playing the player if that makes sense. Um, you know, in other card games, it was in Hearthstone, in Tessel, even in MTG, um, you played their hand, right? So you you got an idea about what was in their deck, what their responses could be, what their swing turns were, and you learned the mechanics of the game well enough to understand how your deck interacted with what was in their deck. But there's so much in the passing back and forth system in LOR that is a bluffing game. It's almost emotionally exhausting sometimes, to be honest with you. It can um, be. Where you're, because you're, you're constantly not playing against the opponent's deck as much as you are frequently playing against the player. And I think that has probably been one of, if not the most interesting aspect of LOR to me and the area that I've probably grown the most in has been learning how to actually play against my opponent more than I'm playing against their deck. Uh, and I think I'll take that with me into lots of other games um, and not just LOR. I, I think I'll take that with me into card games. Um, I think I'll take that with me into tabletop games um, I've already noticed myself taking some of that mentality with me into uh, like tabletop miniatures games, uh, even the way that I play Star Wars Legion. Um, sure. Playing playing the player more than I'm playing the pieces, I think, for me. So, I think that's my first one for sure. That that's awesome. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got an you are playing a person, you are playing somebody, you are not just just playing their deck, and. I think one of the pitfalls that we run into as players is we assume that they always have what's in their hand mm -hmm. is, is the perfect answer. We sometimes fall into that trap. We go, oh, no, they've got a right of negation in their hand. Or, oh, no, they've got atrocity. They've got to have atrocity. And sometimes you can read how often they're playing cards or where cards sit in their hand or things like that. You can tell some of that, but... Um, you can tell by some of the decisions they make, like choosing to pass early or not choosing to pass early or like hesitating on playing a spell that they're not sure about their turns. Like sometimes you can gather that information from playing the player, not necessarily 
just exactly but, what but factions well, like, have got. You can mislead the opponent, right? Exactly. I want them to believe that I have X, Y, or Z card in my hand. So I'm playing this way because I want them to believe that I have an answer. I'm going to... I'm going to hover a card because I don't have a ruination, but I want them to think that I have a ruination so they won't continue to develop into me. And that is, I think, for me, the most interesting part of playing the player is you are playing a bluff as well, right? Um, yep. Which I've found to be very interesting about the game. That's very, it's very true. So for my first one, um, for my first kind of learned uh, skill here is it's, it's, it's a continual skill. And it's not something that I'm even so proficient at now that it's not like one a skill that I've completed that I can now say I'm like really, really good at and I will take with me no matter where I go. It's one that I think is, is always going to be continual for me, but I'm very proud of my improvement on as, it, as it, I evaluate my time in L5R is my, or LOR is my deck building. Mm. And it started for me really as Hearthstone, Hearthstone to me like deck building wasn't so nuanced that I never felt like I maybe wasn't such a, a great deck builder that I was missing out or that I was at such a disadvantage because I wasn't that great of a deck builder in, in Hearthstone. And I maybe knowing what I know now, maybe I would have done better if I built some, built some decks or knew how to like put tech cards in there better in that game. But I think it really started to, to take form for me when I was playing Legends of uh, the Five Rings with Ian because mm. it was very, very deck build, deck building dependent. You have this pool of cards and you can splash another faction. Um, or you've got splash points that you can do and you can splash any other faction that you want to. And you've got you've got to you've got to budget your deck building splash space along with how many cards are in your deck it has to be a certain has to be refined. Like it, but there was some some liberties that you could take that really made you be disciplined in deck building. And I, Ian has always been, DBN has always been a much better deck builder than me. Even now I will build a deck and go to him and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And he'll help me refine them. And that shows me that there's work for me to do. And because, because 99% of the time he's right, but there's like, there's work for me to be able to do on my aspects of deck building. But as we've kind of identified in our discord, I'm very good and very creative at deck building. Like I'm getting there. I'm the creativity side and the identifying combos and the identifying synergies piece of it. I feel like I'm really honing in on, but some of the, like the first 30 cards in a deck, let's say mm -hmm. there's 40 cards in a deck. If there's, if there's 30 cards in a deck, I can build that first 30 and make it really tight, make it really good. But it's the last 10 cards mm. that I struggle to sometimes make the right decisions with. And that's where I think some of my deck building needs to continue to grow and get better. And that's and that's in part understanding what's out there and what I'm going to run into or what the possibilities are to know what's right in my deck or what's going to help me make win those extra couple of games where I see that that tech choice of that one copy of a card or those two copies of a card that really turn the tide in a battle or not making a greedy choice to play this really card, this one card that costs more because I like it. And I think of the scenario where it could happen, but what's most likely to happen and most likely to help me win. So there's some deck building choices that I want to continue to grow and evolve 
as I still stay creative and I'm playing really fun experimental decks. Um, my deck building has gotten much better since since L5R, but um, there's definitely room for me to to, to tighten tighten it up a little bit. Mm. Uh, well, my second one and last one, I think if there's something that the last two years in LOR have taught me in card games, um, I, I think <sighs> there's a lot more options in LOR than there are in other card games. Not with every LOR deck, but with most cases... There's this option to pass and not play anything. That, so patience. And that that's my that's my takeaway is patience in card games. Um, something that I I still don't have, and I really haven't developed in LOR either, which is why I suck at LOR, by the way. Um, is because I I come up with a very linear plan in my head of what I'm gonna play and how my deck is gonna play out, and and I play it. And so, uh, and and so, I'm I'm not like I'm not a great LOR player for that reason, um, and uh, and I I definitely feel that. But that's been one area that either I could grow or I've noticed like I really need to grow in this um, as a as a as a card game player because if I don't like, uh, there's going to be other games that are going to require more patience, and uh, you know, I think a lot of that is because of the back and forth nature of this game as well. Because Magic has a very similar format. There's a little bit more back and forth in Magic than there are in, like, Hearthstone or there was in Tessel or some of these other games that are very linear in the fact that your mana is going to progress every round. You know exactly what you're going to have. Um, you're using your health as a, as a pool, but you're not using your turns as a, a resource. And then, like, on your turn, you're the, like, you're the only one who's going to do anything. Right? Your opponent's not going to do anything on your turn. And you can act very quick when your opponent's not going to do anything in your turn because you can form your game plan while they're choosing. Boom, 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 boom. You know what you do. Or you're, you're continuing to run your game plan. And in LOR, that's not the case. Um, there's always, you're, you're, you're always considering your opponent, which, unless they don't show up for the match, right? Um, and that requires a lot more patience. And so I think the thing that I've learned more in LOR than probably anything else, and I maybe I needed to learn more of it, and I haven't. Um, it's the art of being patient and careful with my choices and learning when it's actually better to do nothing than it is to do something, which is way more common in LOR than it is other card games. Absolutely. I mean, you... Yeah, patience has been big for me too. I mean, the idea of spell mana and the being able to bank that in this game is is very unique, at least from my card game experiences. And that has created opportunity for me to identify, now's a good time for me to say, am I really okay passing here and banking that spell mana? What, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the upside? What's the downside of me being patient and not doing anything here? Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. I'm going to sure. do that. And if they choose to do something, I've got a response to that as well. So it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a a, a cost benefit game. And and as you mentioned earlier, sometimes LOR is a very emotional game, a mentally taxing, a taxing emotional game. Sometimes you just you've had a bad day and you want to play an aggro deck and you want to get some frustration out and smack someone in the face with a, with a with an atrocity or with a big noxian unit. And, and then you run into Benivia and your day gets worse. <laughs> right. Or you just, you, you play something too quick because you were just, you were not in the right mindset. So it's, patience will kill you too if you if you don't have it. 
and oh, you go absolutely. too quick. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, um, what's your last thing that you've learned the most from your last two years or so playing LOR? So something that I've identified is, or was brought to my attention, I'm also going to call back to my L5R days, something that was brought to my attention in that period that I've been able to put more into practice into LOR and in, in the way that I play games is it's kind of a it's kind of a combo of learning and knowing my outs and also an underlying philosophy underneath of that. It might be the most profound piece of advice that I've ever received from playing games. And it came from DBN and it was passed down from somebody else to him early on in his card game career is there is never a reason, a really good reason to surrender a game mm. because you never know what they have in their hand or don't have in their hand. And you never know, they don't know what you have in your hand, right? Unless there's some mechanic built into the game where they get to see what your cards are. Like, I don't know, prank. Unless like, your whole hand is pranked, and they've seen what your hand is. They don't know what you have. You don't know what they have. You are never truly out of a game. And there have been so many games where I thought that I was done for and I had to stop. I had to say, okay, if I'm going to win this game, what is my way out? What is my best chance of winning this game based on what I know they're trying to do and what I'm trying to do? This is the way that I get out of this situation with a W. All I can do is play to that and I don't know what they have in their hand and they don't know what I have. So how am I truly out of the game? The game's not over yet. It's never over until one of us hits zero or until they hit the surrender button. So there have been games that I haven't held that philosophy up and I've surrendered and I might have won. A, I, there's just probably plenty of those games that I was still in, but I evaluated and said, I am not. I, th I thought it was game over because they had some nuts opening, but little did I know they had all nine cost spells left in their hand and they had no tempo follow-up, right? Sure. Like there's, you never know what your opponent does or doesn't have or how they built their deck or what they, what they pulled. There is so much randomization in the, the drawing in these, in, in, in LOR and in, in deck building games. You never know what someone's going to get or what you're going to get. You might draw that perfect answer that you never thought you've forgot was in your deck so unless it is 100 out of hand like they have swung you've looked at your options and you go nope i've mathematically will lose this i either hit the surrender button or i i just hit the enter button and they swing and i and i lose anyway sure. until you know for sure there is never a good reason to surrender you are never out of a game as long as you keep trying yeah well, that's a good that's a good lesson to learn as well well, and, and you know what? Hopefully people have learned things uh, over the years listening to our podcast, both about LOR and about life, uh, because we do a lot of talking about life, but we also do a lot of talking about LOR around here. Um, and uh, and we have closed out many, many, many episodes of Legends Cast with our closing thoughts, and tonight's not going to be any different. So let's go ahead and jump over to closing thoughts tonight. And I thought I was already perfect. You know, guys, I was uh, closing thoughts as our segment. We hope that, you know, you don't just learn how to do LOR better. If you listen to us, hopefully you learn how to do life better. And uh, I mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, I have been a pastor for the last decade uh, or 12, 12 years. I've been 
working in churches in some capacity. And last year, um, in 2021, my wife and I um, took a big jump and started a church uh, that's entirely online. Um, and uh, inside the gaming community, because we met so many people, um, both followers of Jesus and not, that we loved. Um, and, uh, and we wanted to connect those people through a community, but we also wanted to offer a place of hope um, and uh, encouragement and light uh, in the internet, because the internet can be kind of a dark place. If you haven't been on Reddit recently, um, you might not know that. Um, and, uh, you know, may maybe, maybe all your places <laughs> has been like uh, rainbows and sunshine, but it hasn't been for me. And so, uh, you know, we've done a lot of that, reaching people, meeting with people, hearing people's stories. Um, and there's like a billion closing thoughts that I have reflecting on on that, like the power of somebody's story, your ability to hear somebody's story, um, what it means to somebody when you're willing to listen to them and, and hear where they've been and where they are, even if you don't have any advice to offer or nothing to give them, like what a difference like your ability to listen can make in somebody's life. Like you have no idea. Um, mm -hmm. Like the best mentors aren't people who give great advice. They're people who listen really well. Um, and it doesn't really matter what life experience you have. If you can learn to listen really well, you can learn to pour into people's lives and mentor them well. Um, but I think the thing that I've, has been coming back to me and it's really close to my heart this week um, comes from a book that I read a couple of years ago before we started uh, Lux, uh, the church, um, by a guy named Bob Goff called Dream Big. And in this, he's just really encouraging you to take, you know, big leaps of faith and, and start new things. And um, it was a big catalyst for me personally in my heart when we decided to leave a, a great job with really awesome people that paid really well um, to do something insane when we had two little kids and, and we didn't know if we would have a paycheck ever again. Um, we didn't know what that was going to look like or where where the money was going to come from. Um, and in that book, one of the things that he really encourages and challenges you with is if you want your dreams to come true, um, you need to give your life to helping other people's dreams come true. Um, and so we've really tried to embody that is like the world really does become a better place when we root for one another. But the problem is, is most of us root for one another selfishly um, because we we want to root for the other person in order f for us to get what we want. Um, and so we're willing to root for somebody, but behind their back, we're typically not. And uh, I think my closing thought, maybe it's a little bit more convicting than my normal one. And it's not just like a little like succinct thing. Like a lot of my closing thoughts have been, but like be about other people's stories, like be the type of person who is about other people's narratives be the type of person that's about other people's dreams. Be the type of person who's about coming alongside somebody, no matter who they are, and, and seeing what is deep inside of them because you've known their story and coming alongside them and bringing resources and, and encouragement and whatever to see those things in them come into fruition and come into being. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't do that with every person that you encounter, but it's kind of been our heart since we started Lux and since we've been on this new journey um, to, to be about hearing people's stories and helping them bring about their dreams. Um, and through that, a lot of what we thought the wildest things that we never thought would, uh, would happen have happened over the course of the last uh, year to two years. And so that's my closing thought, you know, hear people's stories, be about people, be about their dreams um, above and beyond your own. And your, your things have a tendency to work themselves out 
um, once you've been in other people's corners long enough. Um, yeah, that that uh, that wasn't as uh, as precise as maybe some of my other closing thoughts were, and it was too long winded. But there it is. I'm done. No, it's a I'll it's a up. great one, and a lot of times it doesn't take too it doesn't take a lot of time and a lot of investment to be able to listen to somebody's story either. No, it really it, doesn't. You, it just takes a little bit of a little bit of effort, a little bit of a just like a smile on your face, and just knowing that letting somebody know that you're sincere. Yeah, and you get to learn and grow through that as well. Like I, mm-hmm. over this last year, I mean, I've I've never met Gibby in person, but Gibby's a close friend, and um, and I have many people like that now who come from very different backgrounds from me, live in very different areas, and like my friendship circle is no longer sort of like this homogenous, you know, like rural Western Pennsylvania white Republican, you know, what whatever like that. It was a very homogenous uh, life that I had. And now it's vastly different, you know, like literally before we jumped on here, I was hanging out with guys from six different states, uh, a dude from Australia, a dude from Canada, like all across, like and though that all like that has been part of my life largely because of uh, you know, a willingness to step out and hear people's stories. And um, it's helped me to grow and understand other cultures and other worlds and to value people uh, in a new way outside of my context, which has been really great. So, And it's been a step for you to step out into other areas of the internet outside of Club Penguin. So I'm proud of you yeah. for that as well. Thank you. Yes, it's mostly been Wizard 101 uh, that all of my uh, old friend, you know, Wizard 101. No, I don't. Oh, uh, it, it was like uh, it was like a jank free uh mmo that was like a little bit uh like more generic i think than like uh what 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 runescape um oh like okay yeah it, it, but there was like there was like a wizard 101 community it was like a really childish game but <laughs> yeah I, I can't i know i know the penguin reference you make but i can't even remember what that site was um, it was it was a way for people to like have a penguin avatar and walk around this world and just like chat with people. <laughs> it was essential. As far as I know, I never spent a lot of time on there, but as far as I know, it was basically a child friendly masked uh, chat room on like a gaming website. Yeah. Like a safe chat roulette. Got it. Yeah. Kind of. There was no <laughs> like, there was no like pictures or like showing you like their face. It was just like, you talk from one penguin. Nobody to the shows other their face on chat roulette. What are you talking about? That, I hope not. That's not that's that's not that's not the pieces of a person that get displayed on chat roulette, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we stop. And that's that. where we end it. And that's where we end the season. Uh yeah. So hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh to this episode. Really appreciate it. Gibby, thanks for being on here talking some LOR with me today. Uh as always, it's always good to, you know, be able to have you or DBN or you two and not yeah, me man. on, but it's great when we can all be together. So I think next Love week uh, we'll be back with either another LOR episode of the Mulligan, but certainly probably uh, t- trending towards some, hopefully at least one of a couple of announcements next week. Uh, if you haven't joined us in Discord yet, um, please do so. We'd love to have you come and join us in Discord if you haven't signed up for the league yet. Once again, do that. If you want to support us, visit patreon.com slash legendscast, and uh, you can become a supporter of the show over there. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us do what we're doing uh, and helps us adventure into new areas, new projects, new content for y'all. So thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. We appreciate you so much. Have a great week, and be sure to come back again next week.
Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.